I want you to turn to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. We have been talking about walking in the Spirit. We all say that when we say walk in the Spirit. We've been talking about walking in the Spirit or walking in line with the Spirit, walking in step with the Spirit. Of course, I've been hitting a little bit on being led by the Spirit. And if you were to read the Romans 8, you'd see a, a very important scripture that we quote often. Um, that is, for as many as are led by the Spirit, they are the sons and daughters of God. Or you'd, you'd see this verse too. You'd see in Romans 8, you'd see um, um, that his Spirit bears witness to your Spirit or to my Spirit. His, his Spirit bears witness to our Spirit that we are children of God. These are verses that we, we quote from Romans 8. But there's a verse, two verses actually, in verses 5 and 6, which is kind of what I want to talk about today. But before we get there, um, yeah, just go, go back to verse 5 if you have that, Chase. But um, before we get there, I want to tell you a story. So yesterday was my last day of this flag football season. If you have heard me tell stories, I coach flag football at the YMCA. It has been uh, really fun. And I think this is my last season that I'm going to do until, you know, I don't know if my girls will play football or not, but until Josh plays or one of my other children play. Because I've been coaching six to seven-year-olds, and, and none of my kids are that age. I just have coached to get involved in the community and, and you know, meet people and do all those things and, and just something to, to do to be involved. And it's been really fun. I love football, and I love this age because most of them have never played before. Or, or maybe they played before like in their backyard or something like that, but they've never played organized sports. I even had, I think, one, if not two, that have never played sports at all, like organized sports. So this is like really new to them. And I love it because I can take them and teach them, right? And I like the teaching part. You know, my goal is that at the end of the season, they will not be the same as when they started. That's my goal. That's my goal. I, you know, and everyone is different. I mean, if they're already good, I had a couple that were good. They, they knew how to run plays. They knew how to maybe pass the ball or catch the ball. And they knew, um, you know, had one kid as a running back. He was really good. One kid that's really good on defense. Well, I wanted them to get better. But then for the kids that had never played football before, I just wanted them to know where to line up on the field. Just, just know, like, like learn to pay attention that when coach calls your name, it means, you know, hey, when the ball is, you know, when a play starts to pay attention and watch the ball, just little things, you know, progress. Can y'all say progress? Progress. I wanted to see progress. Well, I was so proud because um, there was a, a, a team, uh, y'all may have heard of this, there's a, a league called Pop Warner, and they're, they're a legit football league, and, um, and, and, you know, really, really good football players go and do Pop Warner, and, um, and there's a uh, a team that was on our six to seven year olds. Now remember, I've got two girls. I've got on my team. I've got two girls on my team. I had um, I think four that had never played football before. So almost half the team that had never played football before, and um, one of them I'm pretty sure had never played sports before. And we're going up against some good teams, but also a Pop Warner team. All right. If you know anything about football, there's a lot of different advanced plays you can do. Like like. At a six to seven year old age, you don't normally hike the ball through your legs. All right? You just, you just, you're just trying to get the ball to the quarterback. Like you usually just grab the ball and that's it. That's, that's how the play starts. Well, this Pop Warner team shows up and they're all in black. They call themselves the Pirates. They roll out there. They, I mean, they look like 
NFL level at like seven years old. And they walk out there and they line up, they come up in a huddle, break. They all go out to position. I'm like, what? Like 67 year olds, I mean, when you say break, they're like still looking at the bird that's up in the sky. You know what I'm saying? And, and he comes and they come out, they come out the line. He goes in and they go in shotgun formation. Seven years old. Shotgun formation, which means he's going to hike it through his legs in the air to the quarterback, and the quarterback's going to catch it. With, and the center's going to do that not looking. By the way, that's really hard, like, like really hard for high school level. Six years old, seven years old. So we played this team halfway through the season. It was miserable. I think they beat us like 50-something to – and they just didn't, just didn't even give up. I mean, they just – the whole game. I mean, they're blitzing all game. I'm like, come on, man, six- and seven-year-olds. So then I find out that our last game of the season, which is yesterday, we get to play them again. So I prepared my team. I told them, I said, listen, number one, we will not give up. We will not quit. And we're going to give our all. And I told them something that I'd heard from another great coach. I told them the windshield wiper philosophy. Have y'all heard of that? Just like in a rainy day, just like today, you wipe the windshield and it's clear. And it rains again, right? And you wipe the windshield and it's clear. And I told them that I said, it doesn't matter what play. It doesn't matter if they score. It doesn't matter if we make a bad mistake. It doesn't matter if we throw an interception. It doesn't matter if we mess up. We're going to windshield wipe and we're going to move on and we're going to do better next time. I must have said it a hundred times yesterday. Windshield wipers, wipe it off, wipe it off. Next play, next play. I'll have you know, we scored on the black team yesterday. We, I was so proud of my team, man. I was, I, was, I was so jacked up. We stopped them on defense twice, stopped them from scoring. They don't get stopped. I was so proud. I was so excited. Now, I also had to talk to the ref, referees to make sure it was fair. So I helped them out a little bit, but they did so good. That's progress. That's change. That's what I wanted. That's what I wanted when I started the season, and that's what we should want as believers is change, progress. That we're not the same today as I was a year ago. That we're not the same, that, we, that we're moving forward, that we're progressing, that we're changing, that we're moving, that we're, that we're increasing, that we're developing. You know, I have never in my life, maybe this has happened, but I've never in my life met a Christian who was like living a life that was just downtrodden, they were beat up, they were, they were, you know, they were sick, they were struggling, they're in debt, they're, they're just, there's terrible life, no, no testimony, yet they're getting people saved left and right. I've never met them. I've never met them. I, I did, maybe they're out there, maybe they're out there, but the people that I see that are witnessing, that are making a difference, that are living lives, that are witnesses to other people, that have a testimony that says, Look what God's done. They're living a healthy, prosperous, blessed life. That's the people that I see that are, that, and I'm not talking about Rolls Royces and all that. I'm just saying that you're living a life where God's blessing you. That when adversity comes in your life, God brings you out of it. And then you have a testimony. And you can say, look, look. And you tell your coworkers and they say, well, didn't such and such happen last week? You say, oh, yeah, girl, that was fine. Let me tell you what happened. I got that letter in the mail, and then the next day, this, this and this happened, and I prayed about it, and then God showed me this, and then I went to church Wednesday night, and my pastor prophesied over me, and I went home, and I knew I had the victory, and Thursday, I got another letter. I tell you, if you tell your coworkers that story, they're going to go, oh, no, no um, um, where do you go to church? What, 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 tell me about this, tell me about this God you serve, right? Now, but if you, if you, if you go around complaining all the time, it's real quiet. 
Now, everybody was shouting me a second ago. They're like, oh, yeah, amen. But it's true, right? If you go around complaining, talking about how bad your life is, how terrible it is, to somebody who's a non-believer who doesn't serve Jesus, do you think they're going to want to? We should, be, we should be changing. We should be developing. We should be growing. You know, we should not be going around with a filthy mouth. We shouldn't. We should watch our language, watch our tone, watch our... We should because, why? We represent Jesus. The Bible says until Christ is formed in you, that there's a, there's a conforming of Christ that happens in you, that as you serve God, that, 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 that you should become more and more like Jesus. Well, how does that happen? By walking in the Spirit. I want you to look at this in Romans chapter 8, starting in verse 5. It says, for those who live according to the flesh, they set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit, say according to the Spirit. The The things of the Spirit, meaning they set their minds on the things of the Spirit. Now catch this, verse 6, really important. For to be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is death is life and peace. To be spiritually minded is life and peace. To, ha- to set your mind on the things of the Spirit, to be spiritually minded, provides what? It provides life. John 10, 10 says that the thief comes to steal, to kill and destroy, but God came to bring you, or Jesus came to bring you life and life more abundantly. What kind of life comes by walking in the Spirit? An abundant life, a blessed life, an increased life. What kind of peace comes? The peace that passes all understanding is what Proverbs 3 says. Peace that passes all understanding. That I I can move forward in life. I can can progress forward in life. and, And yes, things will happen. But when they do, I've got peace. I've got peace. I've got I've got a knowledge and on the inside. Not the outside. The outside can look like turmoil and whatever. And and on the inside, I know it's gonna be okay. I don't know how, because, man, this looks bad, but it's going to be okay. It's going to be all right. God's going to bring me through. Walking in the Spirit. You know, it's the truth that you know that sets you free. Check out what it says in John chapter 8, verse 32. It says, Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed in him, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. Notice who are his disciples? The ones who abide in his word. He goes on to say, and you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. That's John chapter 8, 32. Listen, you shall know the truth and the truth will make you free. Other translations say it will set you free. You know, really important little detail here. Really important. Really, really catch this. Really important. It's not just truth that sets you free. It's truth that you know. If you were to study that out, what I believe that God is trying to tell us is that it's, it's not just that you hear it, but that it drops from your mind to your spirit and becomes what we call revelation knowledge. Revelation knowledge. Revelation knowledge, is simply put, is this. It's knowledge that is light, that's living. Knowledge that is, is that aha moment. When I'm preaching and you hear something you've heard somebody say before, but your spirit's alive because we've, we've, we've had a service where we ask God to come and his presence to come and you're open and your heart is soft and God speaks to you and deals with you and on the inside you go, oh my goodness, I'm, 
I never, I never realized that. Man, I've got to change that. I've got to fix that. I've got, to, I've got to deal with that. And that on the inside, that revelation knowledge, or maybe how to deal, deal with something. You've tried for years and you've struggled with whatever, and all of a sudden, I could be preaching on whatever, on giving, and all of a sudden, in your spirit, God tells you, here's why you aren't healed. You need to do this. That revelation knowledge. It's not just the truth. It's the truth that sets, it's the truth that you know that sets you free. It's the truth that you know that sets you free. It's the truth that you hear, but that it drops down on the inside that sets you free. That's going to make a difference in your life. As our soul prospers, our marriages start to prosper because we are being the right kind of spouses. As our soul prospers, our kids grow up to prosper because we brought them up in the knowledge of God's word. Our finances begin to prosper because we have based our money decisions on the principles of God. And regardless of the world's economy, we consistently have more than enough. Our emotions will prosper because we are trusting in God for every area of our lives. And the fear, anxiety, and depression of the world cannot hook us. Colossians 3 tells us to seek the things that are above. Uh, You could read all that. You could read, starting in verse 1, read through. Colossians 3 starts by telling you to set your things above. Set your mind on the things above. What does that mean? If you were to look horizontally right now, what do you see? You see what you see, right? You see, you see the plane, you see the horizon or whatever. When you, when you, when you look up, you see something, you're, 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 it's interesting, right? But, but uh, your peripheral goes left and right a lot further than it goes up and down. You have to actually look up to see what's up. You have to set, you have to purposefully set your thing, your mind on the things above. You have to be purposeful in setting your mind on the things above. Set your mind on things that are going to help you live a godly lifestyle. What are you setting your mind on? You're setting your mind on things that will help you live a godly lifestyle. You're setting your mind on those. Uh, Philippians tells us to think on these things, and he lists all kinds of things. I'm sorry I don't have that scripture, but if you want that, he he goes through and he lists, you know, make sure that you're thinking on things that are a good report, that are a virtue, that are a value, things that are a blessing. Those are the things we think about. You set your mind on those things. Now, if I were to tell you this, um, don't think about pigs. Everybody in here is thinking about pigs, right? Pigs. You're like pink pigs barbecue but but i mean whether your mind went to barbecue or pig slop or 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 a piggy bank whatever it is you're you're started thinking about pigs why because i said it your mind is going to run your mind is going to run rampant i i I gave this uh, analogy a few weeks ago and i'm gonna bring it back today because it's gonna tie in real nice we know the, the phrase i use often right you're a spirit it's not just a phrase it's a principle from the bible that we believe you're a spirit, you have a soul, and you live in a body. Your soul is your mind, your will, and emotions. Your mind, your will, and emotions. We're going to talk about that in just a second. So you might want to write that down. If you've never heard that, it's really, 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 really important that you catch this. The real you is a spirit. When you get saved, when you get uh, um, asked Jesus into your life, into your heart, when we, when we say heart, we're actually talking about your spirit. That's where Jesus comes. That's where he lives. That's where the Holy Spirit 
makes you new on the inside. Your outside doesn't change. You're still the same. And your mind must be renewed. Your mind must be renewed to the word of God. It must be, in other words, you've got to take your mind and tell it to fall in line with, what are we setting our mind on? The things that are going to help us live a godly lifestyle. We're going to set our mind on those things. So the mind, our soul, is in the middle, right? We have spirit, we have flesh, our body. Our mind is in the middle, and it can help cast the swing vote, if you will. If your flesh wants to do something, let's say, if you're, if you're an alcoholic, I've had alcoholics in my family, I've dealt with that, I've, I've seen the hold that it can have on, I've never struggled with that, but I've seen it, and so I'm not an expert by any means, but I can tell you that when their flesh is there, I would hear out of their spirit them say, I don't want to do this. I don't want to. Anybody know anybody like that, that has an addiction problem or addiction? that They'll say, I, I don't want to. Well, what makes the difference? Your mind must be set on the things above. Your mind must be renewed and changed. Your, my point is this. Your mind is going to run rampant. Your mind is going to just go. It's going to just run. If I say pigs, you're going to start thinking about pigs. Your mind just goes, 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 goes. Especially, and I don't mean this offensively, but I'm just saying, especially if you're a female. You cannot turn your mind off. It's physiological impossible. Men can actually go to a nothing box. Did you know that? Maybe, maybe that's why you've, if, you've, if you've had issues with marriages, because it might, be, it might be because you've been dealing with your husband who's going to his nothing box. He doesn't want to talk to you right now. He wants to go to his nothing box. He wants, what I mean is, is he wants nothing happening in his brain. Nothing. A woman has no nothing box. Uh, everything is connected. Everything is connected. You sitting on the couch is connected to, to, to the laundry that has to be done and the things that aren't getting done and the thing that, did, did you cut the grass yet? And why didn't you cut the grass? Do you actually love me? Because I asked you to cut the grass yesterday and you didn't cut the grass. And he's not thinking about grass. He's in his nothing box. He's off in nowhere land. Okay. Our minds do these things, Right? I skipped ahead to Soulmate Sunday. Did y'all see that a little bit? I, I got to bring it back, all right? <laughs> but our minds do these things. What, what makes the difference? When you, when you force yourself to walk in the Spirit, meaning that we're going to do everything we can to set our mind on things that are going to benefit our lifetime. We're going to feed our spirit, meaning we're going to hear the Word. Faith comes by hearing the word. When you hear a message like you're hearing today, I'm quoting lots, lots of scripture, this is building your faith. Another way we could word that is your spirit man on the inside is getting stronger. Right? Because what will happen is, is when you face a situation, your flesh will want to do something, or you'll want to get mad, or you'll want to get angry, but on the spirit, on, on the inside, your spirit is going to rise up and say, wait a second now, remember that verse? Wait a second now, you remember what God wor- God's word says? Wait a second now, don't, don't react that way. Then, catch this, you've got to yield to that. You have to yield to that. You know, God will not make you listen to him. God will not make you listen to him. You have to choose to listen to him. Going back to my football team, they all wanted to change. Their parents wanted them to change. They came to practice. They came to games. They listened to me. 
They worked, some of them more than others, but they all wanted to change. They wanted to learn. If I said run over here, they'd run over here. If I say do this, they'd do it. Why? Because they wanted to get better. They wanted to play football. They didn't want to get beat 60 to nothing by the black team. They wanted to do better the second time they played the black team, right? You've got to want to change. I believe if you're here or you're watching online or you're listening to this podcast, I believe that you want to change. I believe that you want to change. I believe that you have a desire inside of you that you want to change. So then listen, you've got to set yourself up or put yourself in position for change. You've got to put yourself on the, on the field. You've got to come to practice. In other words, you've got to come to church. You've got to hear the word preached. You, you know, how, how many of us listen to a message other than on Sunday? Think about that. I, that wasn't a question, you know, <laughs> I don't need everybody. But, but think about it, though. How many, how many of us do that? I can attest, even as a pastor, it's not easy. I, we live a busy life. If you've met our kids, they are wonderful and they are sweet, but we are busy people, man. We are busy. And it starts early. I tell you, I don't know. I could be as quiet as I can be. I'll wake up and I'm like, praise God, I'm going to have a moment. And all of a sudden, I hear the door. I'm like, man, who is it? Who is it? And so I'll try to be real quiet. Like, maybe they'll go back to bed. I'll flip off the lights. Maybe they won't see me. Daddy? I'm like, dang it. All right, all right. Well, we're up. We're rolling. Here we go. 6.30 a.m. Let's go. Let's just start the day. We live a busy lifestyle. I have to be purposeful that, you know, if I want to grow, if I want to grow, just talk about me for a second. Me, Pastor JT, if I want to grow, you know, I have to do the same thing. I have to do the same thing. I've got to read God's word. I've got to pray. I've got to set my mind on things above. I've got to make sure that if, if, I, if I, I don't, listen, I don't want to seem holy. I watch TV. We have a couple shows and little things we like or whatever. But I don't watch stuff that diminishes my ability to hear from God. I don't. I'll turn it off. I'll turn it off. I've just gotten to a point in my life where I don't want to do anything that will hinder, number one, what I'm called to do, but also just my personal relationship with Jesus. Because that matters. I'm not going to be one of those pastors. Listen, your pastor, hear me, your pastor will not be one of those pastors that can't get his own act together. That you hear about, oh, he could preach real good, but then he's having three affairs on the side and embezzling money and, no, not here. Plus, I've got a really good pastor who's looking into my life, who's involved, who's making sure that we do things by the book. Anyways, I want to give you some points. You ready? How do we do that? How do we do that? Number one, start stepping. Number one, write that down, start stepping. Start stepping towards change. Start stepping, start moving, start doing things, start making change in your life. Um, um, Deuteronomy 30 uh, says this, Deuteronomy 30, chapter, excuse me, chapter 30, verse 19, says, I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing, therefore choose life. We all say that when we say choose life. If you notice there in Deuteronomy 30, verse 19, God told them that they have a choice. That before them is life and death. Before them is blessing or curses. And he told them, isn't that interesting? He told them, you choose. You choose. Therefore, choose life. He gave them the answer. He gave them the correct one. Therefore, choose life. Say it again. Say choose life. Then he says that both you and your descendants, you and your descendants, 
you and your family, you and your kids, you and your family will live that you may love the Lord your God and that you may obey his voice and that you may cling to him for he is your life and the length of your days and that you may dwell in the land which the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob to give them. You've got to start stepping towards change. You've got to make a choice that I'm going to serve God, that I'm going to be in the house of God, that I'm going to, it's a choice. Look, it, I, I have chosen, I'm going to tell you the truth. Y'all want the truth? Hear me, hear me. I have chosen not to work out. Therefore, I have chosen to put on 15 pounds during COVID-19. <gasps> he told me the number. Yeah, I did. And that's a, that's, a, that's a low estimate. It might be actually higher than that. I chose that. God didn't make me gain 15 pounds. And I can blame it on a pandemic or whatever. No, I didn't work out. I didn't eat healthy. I didn't. I didn't. We choose. We choose. We can choose life or we can choose blessing. We choose. Start. You have a will. You have a choice. What choice will you make? Make a choice and then keep making that choice. Hear me. That's why I said I chose the, 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 the line here, start stepping, because you need to make that choice and then keep making that choice. You know, it's not about the size of your step. It's about the step. Maybe you make a big step. Maybe you get knocked back. Maybe you make a bad choice. You make a, a step back. You take a step back or whatever. You know what you can do? You can take another step forward. You can take another step forward. Do you think God's going to be mad at you? No. He loves you. He loves you the same after you made the mistake as the day you did before that. He loves you the same. The point is that you keep stepping. That you keep start stepping and keep stepping. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to abridge my point. I have a new point. Ready? Number one is now start stepping, keep stepping. Start, start stepping, keep stepping. All right. I got to keep going here. We got to wrap up. Number two, you're going to love this one. Number two, stop making excuses for change. I, 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 I hear this all the time. People say, oh, well, none of my family went to college. Nobody went to college. And they'll, they'll say these things. They confess right into their life these, these things. They'll say, oh, well, everybody in my family has heart disease. Everybody. They all have heart disease. My, my great, great, great grandpa Lucy, he had heart disease. And then he passed it on with genetics down to, to Jim Bob, my great, great uncle, who then went down, I mean, this is, this is, people talk like this all the time. And it's like, it's like, okay, so we're believing on genetics or are we believing on God's word? But, but you, you got a choice. God said it. You can choose life or you can choose, now I'm not denying genetics. I'm not like some, one of those super spiritual people that think, okay, no, no. But it's that God's word is greater than the genetics. It's that God's word is greater than the situation you were born into. I'm not denying that. I mean, listen, we see people and hear things and, and situations all the time that are, are dire situations that people can't even help. You don't think God doesn't know that? Of course he does. He wants to see you get out of that. He wants to see you increase. Okay, so how do we do that? We walk in the spirit. We start stepping. We keep stepping. We get in church. We're hearing the word. We're pushing. We're pursuing. We're, we're, we're spending time with God. Maybe, maybe just reading one verse a day. Just, just take one verse a day and meditate on that verse all day and let God speak to you about that one verse a day. That might be more verses than you read yesterday. 
Don't beat yourself up because you didn't read a whole chapter or you heard, you know, there's always that one spiritual guy at work. You know, I I thank God for them. I'm not being negative, but they almost can be kind of discouraging. Like if they like, if they like talk so much that they almost make you feel bad that you didn't read the Bible today or you didn't pray or whatever. God's not into guilt tripping. God is not into guilt tripping. There's not a guilt, this is not a guilt trip thing. It's, it's, you know what he said? I love what Paul said. He said, you run your race. You run your race. Don't run Bob's race. Don't run Jim's race. Don't run Janine's race. You run your race. You don't run, stop worrying about what everybody else is doing. Stop worrying about how quote unquote perfect their life is. And you worry about your life. You worry about what you can control. You worry about your relationship with God. You're not going to get to heaven based on Janine's life. You're going to get to heaven because you made a choice to serve God. Your family's going to go to heaven because you made a choice to say, my house will serve the Lord. As it is for my house, me and my house will serve the Lord. I don't care what the world does. I don't care what my neighbors do. I don't care what my other family does. I'm going to serve the Lord. You know, that's a decision you made. I've had to make some tough decisions in those lines, th- th- along those lines with, with family and friends and different stuff and just say, you know what? I might just have to have limited relationship with people that don't line up with where my family's heading. You can see the fruit. You can see the fruit. It's not that I don't love them. It's not that I don't want more for them. It's that I'm making a decision about where my family's heading and where we're going. I'm not shutting them out. They may feel that way, but that's not what I'm doing. I'm making a decision that I'm shutting my family into something that I know is walking in the Spirit. Amen? Number three, manage your emotions biblically. We're talking about mind, our minds. We're talking about renewing the mind. I'm, 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 I'm going to circle this back next week, or, or I plan to. I'm going to obviously follow what the Lord wants me to do, but back into uh, um, being led by the Spirit. But, but I wanted to just kind of wrap this up with this. Brother Andre, you can come. This is point three, our final. Actually, I got a bonus point, but this is, this is the final point. Manage your emotions biblically. Ephesians chapter four, verse 26. Such a great verse. Ephesians chapter four, verse 26. It says, be angry and do not sin. Most people don't know that's in the Bible. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun Go down on your wrath, nor give place to the devil. This is the Bible. I didn't say it. I didn't say it. The Bible said it. God said it. God breathed life into Paul. Paul wrote it to the church at Ephesus. He said, be angry and don't sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath and don't give place to the devil. Actually, he says, nor give place to the devil. In other words, those things that I just mentioned, if you don't do them, if you allow your anger to turn into sin, then you're going to give place to the devil. Another way we could word that today is don't give the devil any real estate in your life. You know, being emotional is not bad. It's, a, it's, it's your emotions controlling you that's bad. I had something happen just recently. It was, it was, it kind of rocked me. I just, I just, uh, uh, um, I just, I don't, it was a, I don't have time. I'm out of time. So I can't give you the whole story, but I just had this thing happen and it just emotionally, it really wore on me. It was just, it was just, it was just a moment, Right. I, I couldn't figure out if I wanted to cry, if I wanted to be mad, if I wanted to be upset. I couldn't figure it out. I just, I just was emotional. I'm not normally like that. I just got emotional. I got emotional about it. I told my wife, I'm going for a ride. She knew. All right. 
It wasn't her, by the way. It wasn't anything she did. It was something else. She said, okay, all right, love you. I'll see you in a little bit. I went for a ride. I worked it all out. I prayed. And I followed this. Number one, or A, point A to this, is feel the emotion. B, resist the temptation for this, excuse me, resist the temptation to sin because of that emotion. And C, resolve the negative emotion before you go to bed. Resolve the negative emotion, the negative emotion before you go to bed. So I'm going to feel the emotion. It's not bad. I, I think I had every right if I told you the whole story. Um, I'm not going to tell you because I don't have time. But if I told you the whole story, I think you'd agree, hey, he had a right to be upset, be sad, be mad, whatever. Right? But I'm not going to sin. I'm not going to be mad at the person. I'm not going to be angry at the person. I'm not going to wish any harm on the person. I'm not going to, no, you know what I actually did? I prayed for the person. That's one of the first things that I did. Once I got over it, I said, Lord, I just, you know what? I just pray for them. God, that you bless them, that you anoint them, that you, right? That's what I began to do. Then I prayed and asked God, God, help me make the situation right. And if I did whatever I did wrong, because I know there was a part that I played in the situation. I, I messed up. There was a part that I played. I know that. God, on top of that, I know one thing that I did wrong, but on top of that, whatever it is that I did wrong, show me. Show me. Show me what I did wrong. Show me how I can... I, it's okay that I was emotional. I did not allow the emotion to turn into sin, to any wrath, to any harm, to any, anything negative. I didn't sin, and I, I resolved it before I went to bed. I went to bed in peace. I still got to, you know, I still had to deal with it, right? But I went to bed in peace. When you don't fight your emotions this way, you give place to the devil. Don't let the devil play with you. Don't give him any real estate. Don't let him play with your emotions. You know, the Bible would not tell us, God would not tell us to do something we couldn't do. He wouldn't tell you to do something you can't do. You can do that. Don't say, oh, well, you don't know my daddy. He had the worst temper in all the world. So I just inherited his temper and I just, I can't control it. I just can't control it. Yes, you can. Don't lie to yourself. Stop making excuses for your lack of change and change. Because somebody that you work with or somebody that you, in your family, somebody that you interact with might need to see you change to know that God is real. God is working on people. God is making a difference. And God is living today. And he's, he, he, he wants to see people change and grow and increase and all these things. Which brings me to, if I had a point four, it would be this, testify your change. Start stepping, keep stepping. Start stepping, keep stepping. Stop making excuses. Stop making excuses for your change or for lack of change. And deal with your emotions biblically and then testify. Don't be afraid to tell people, look what God did. Look how God changed me. Look how amazing this is. Yes, I had such and such happen. And yes, I know I, I you know, yes, I know I cussed out Susan last week. But let me tell you how I resolved it. Hopefully none of y'all cussed out Susan last week. Amen. Stand up on your feet. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for this message that we received today. God, by faith, I pray that you just, that you take your word that was brought forth and you make it revelation knowledge. God, that we 
see the things in the areas where we need to grow and where we need to increase and where we need to, 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 to shift and change to be more like you. God, we want to be more like you every day. God, we ask you to renew our minds with your word as we read your word, as we spend time, as we pray, as we spend time in, in your presence. God, that you renew our minds, just as your word said you would, that you renew our minds, that you would transform us to be more like you. From the inside out. From the inside out. We set our, th- our mind on the things above. In Jesus' name, amen. I just, the Lord reminded me, I don't mean to keep preaching, but I just want to tell you, the Lord reminded me of this just as I was praying because I'm tying all this in to make sure that this isn't just mental ascent, okay? This, I'm ta- the, the, the title of this is Walking in the Spirit Part 2, okay? Because the point is to walk in the Spirit. So yes, I'm talking about renewing the mind and changing your mind and dealing with your emotions and all that, but, but walking in the Spirit is where it, where it starts, right? It's the Holy, God gave us, Jesus died, on the cross, was buried, rose from the grave and did all that he did on this earth so that he could leave and give us the Holy Spirit. So he could provide salvation, living in eternity with him. So we have life, life, life in heaven, eternal life, but he gave us the Holy Spirit so we can have life here on earth so that we can be prepared for things. If if you don't fill yourself up with the Spirit, you know, Jude 1.20 says, praying in the Holy Ghost, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy, Holy Ghost, pray in the Spirit. If you're not filled with the Holy Spirit, I'll pray with you today to get filled with the Holy Spirit. I I, I want you to realize that all of this, the the, the difference maker in this is the Holy Spirit. Not just my little points and the little sermon and all that stuff. That's great. But what's going to make the difference is the Holy Spirit in you. That's why I started with revelation knowledge. Right? Because it's not just, okay, maybe maybe my points didn't really work for you. But the Holy Spirit says, this is what's going to work for you. That's what I want. I mean, my points, I just try to tie it to, to, to give you something to take home and to, to mull over and pray about. But the Holy Spirit on the inside of you, He's the one that's going to lead you into real change. Amen? Amen. I want to always try to give an opportunity. I'm going to do this really quick. But if you'd like to make things right with Jesus, if you'd like to have a relationship with Him, maybe you're watching online or you're listening to this podcast, listen, I want you to pray this prayer with me. If you've never been saved, if you've never had Jesus as, your, as, as Lord of your life, or... If you have, but you want to make things right, you want to rededicate your life, I want you to pray this prayer with me. Everybody in this room, if you'll pray this prayer out loud, say, Dear Heavenly Father, today I confess Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. I believe that He came to this earth. He lived as a man. He died on a cross. He was buried in a grave, but He rose from that grave. He's alive today. He's seated in heaven with you. And dear Heavenly Father, I confess that Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior, my number one. Today is a new day. I serve Jesus. I leave my past behind, and I turn towards a future with you. I thank you for forgiving me of my sins, cleansing me of all my unrighteousness. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. God bless you guys. I want to remind you.